So thank you to everybody for joining us again at uh, another uh, very important panel. Uh, we talk about the Hong Kong maritime community and its leadership. And here we have with us today uh, a very powerful sample of the uh, leadership of uh, the Hong Kong shipowning community. So we're delighted to uh, have you with us. Nicholas Brown from uh, Bureau of Veritas is going to moderate this panel. And the panel is how these major Hong Kong-based global shipping companies are charting corporate strategy in a very fast-changing world. Uh, so Nicholas, take over. And again, thank you to all of you for joining us today. I appreciate it enormously. Thanks. Well, Nicholas, thank you very much. And um, it's good to see you again. Good to see all the panel. And it's good to virtually be in Hong Kong, at least. Um, I had been hoping to be there in person at this time of year. Um, but that's we were there last year Sorry? We were there last year together. Well, exactly. Um, it's a nice time of year to be in Hong Kong, so I'm missing that. Um, well, good morning, good afternoon, and especially good evening to everybody in Hong Kong, to all watching, and, and to our panel. Charting a corporate strategy is our subject for this the penultimate session today. So to talk about how the companies are looking at the world and at their futures, um, we're going to reflect on the operations of bulkers, tankers, container ships. And um, we did have Mr. Young. He doesn't seem to have been able to join us yet. Um, but his company's involved uh, in door-to-door -door logistics and warehousing, particularly in the Asian region. So we'll see if he's able to come in as well. But otherwise, we'll be sticking to perhaps more conventional um, bulker and tanker uh, operations in global markets. Um, we've got a historically low order book uncertainty over regulation and technology as the industry comes to terms with the energy transition and the need, I think, for a regulatory framework. I think we all think that. And um, some, some direction on and understanding of the timing of new zero carbon fuels and propulsion systems to meet the ambitions that have been set out. Plus, we've had a, a pandemic to contend with. So to talk about these issues and, and their perspectives on corporate strategy. We've got Mr. Mark Young, CEO of Asia Maritime Pacific in Shanghai at the moment. Um, Mr. Ding Li, uh, James Ding, Deputy General Manager of China Merchants Energy Shipping based in Hong Kong. And currently a lot of his responsibility is for Hong Kong Minghua, um, but he has management responsibilities in the China Merchants Group as a whole. Um, Mr. Yang Ching Chang, um, who may be able to join us, Vice Chairman, Executive Director, and CEO of SITC International Holdings. He's in Shanghai, um, and I see him joining now, um, I think. Hello, Mr. Young. I've just introduced you and said you're on the panel. Um, and we've got Mr. Edward Buttery, the Chief Executive Officer of Taylor Maritime, um, and in Hong Kong, Mr. Wellington Koo, Executive Director of Valis Steamship. So hello, everybody. And um, if we can start um, with you in Shanghai, Mr. Yang, um, Mark Yang, um, market perspectives. How are you looking at supply, demand, asset prices, the markets in general, and the global trading environment? Um, what are you thinking as you look at the opportunities in the sectors and the development of trade in the markets in which you're operating as you try and chart a corporate strategy to the future? Um, actually, 
I am, uh, you know, we are approaching to the holiday season as usual. You know, it's already uh, today, actually, the December 1st. Uh, historically, if you look at the past 10 years or even a bit longer, uh, the uh, Christmas season is approaching and it's going to be um, followed by the, uh, the Chinese New Year, which this year is, um, is almost like a mid February. So historically, um, we see the coming two months is going to be the most challenging period for the uh, coming this year. Unfortunately, we are the epidemic situation in many uh, Europe countries and also in the uh, US, it seems uh, bouncing back. I read the New York Times today, um, you know, when people are cautiously optimistic about the, uh, the new Messianians is happen is is actually is start to get into the um, system. However, um, people are warning that the coming months it can be the dark dark uh, moment before the down is really hitting us. So you know I'm not particularly optimistic for the the coming two months. However, I am a bit cautiously optimistic for the whole year 2021. And I think um, people, you know, both for the uh, re-inventory and both for the reason of the, you know, the consumers were back to the market. If the epidemic can be controlled the second half 2021, um, I think the freight market, at least in my sector, I think we should be doing okay, not fantastically well, that's, is not going to happen in the near future. Um, but at least I think the, the freight will come back to the reasonable levels. And usually that will come in together with the uh, reasonable assets um, price, uh, at least in the uh, smaller sectors with the dry bulk. Thank you. Okay, lovely, thank you. So that's a perspective on the, the dry cargo markets. Um, Mr. Ku, in, in, you know, from your perspective, you're in tankers now entirely, I, I understand. Um, how, how do you see the, the immediate, medium term future? Um, I think in right now, I think it, this has been such an, a very odd year. So I think we don't really look for the, the, the long or the, even the midterm would be a shorter period. So I think if, if right now, if I were to look for, for like next year, um, I think it's, um, I would be optimistically pessimistic about the market. I think there will still be the demand um, because when you look at the order book, I think it, is, it has been pretty low. So I think if you look at the demand versus supply issue, then, then you don't have the, the market is less oversupply comparatively. But obviously, I mean, we, we still have the pandemic, which we don't know when it's ever going to end. So, um, I mean, a lot of these factors are uncontrollable. So, but, but I think the demand is still there. So there's, I mean, I would, I mean, that's the upside, but, but I think there will be a lot of other issues that, that we might be out of our control. And then also one thing is, is probably the sentiment because the sentiment can, can switch back and forth like really in a short period of time. But I think at, if you were to ask me at this moment, I think I'm, relatively optimistic, um, even though I'm really cautious too. 
in, in terms of the, the outlook of the market. Okay, thank you. So good. Thank you. More, more cautious optimism. Um, welcome, Mr. Young in Shanghai. Sorry we, we, we um, didn't get you at the start. I, I hope you're well. Um, from your perspective, you know, you're, you're an operator in container ship uh, markets, you know, mainly in, in Asia and warehousing and distribution. How, how do you see the future from your perspective? Well, <clears throat> thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, our main business is a container, uh, land logistics and shipping together. You know, uh, this year, uh, COVID-19 uh, pandemic, but from June, the container business is booming. So everybody asked me, what happened? Uh, is it the reason because of the shortage of container or is it the reason of the shortage of the vessels? So also I want to try finding the reason. So these days, I think maybe uh, I find the reason. I think me, maybe because uh, demand, not a shortage of container, not shortage of uh, vessels, because the demand increasing. And the demand, I think in three sectors, one is a change of the channel because COVID-19. Before, people going to the department to buy something. But now, most of the people stayed at home. So by internet. So the change of the channel is easier to buy. So you can buy more, everybody buy more. So that is one reason. The secondly, I think it's a, um, emotional consumption. What's the emotional consumption? Uh, as you know, in the summer, everybody bring your sons, daughters, wife, and uh, parents uh, for sightseeing. But this year, it's impossible. But the money is still there in your pocket. You cannot keep the money in your pocket, right? You want to do something. You want to buy something. You're charging, want to buy a computer. Okay, everybody want computer, new one. Your wife need a new refrigerator. Okay, and you, want a new bicycle or a running machine. So the emotional consumption more and more. So that's very important. And the thirdly, I think it's a new technology. The new technology create a lot of new business like Robert and also uh, I see a lot of the, uh, how to say, it's a solar business. You know, the, the single crystal silicon, the prices are down, the single crystal silicon transaction of the power is much higher than the polysilicon. So many countries, they import a lot of the uh, solar equipment. This is a kind of big business. Now I think uh, this time is mainly driven by uh, demand, not a short of a supplier. But look at future, whatever have been, the demand still there or not? So my thinking, I think the demand is still there, but the supply is not easier uh, because of demand, the supply of the container is not enough because last two years, the container manufacturing lose big money, only half of the factory open and not enough labor. And also same situation happened in the supply of the vessels. Uh, so much vessels, uh, uh, scribed. 
and new new order, not so much new order. Last year and this year, the order going to the bottom, less than 10%. 20 years, no, we didn't say the situation within 20 years. So I think next kind of next year, at least next two uh, quarters, I think the supply is still there, the demand still there, but but supply not enough. Well, that's very interesting. Um, so very optimistic on demand. I, can you see that demand picture continuing beyond the next two quarters? Yeah, I think so. Uh, because, you know, this is the season. Normally, uh, shipping business, especially container business, uh, very weak. But this year is very special. Until today, the cargo is still booming. Especially to Europe, normally now is the is the price is going down. Volume is not enough, but until today, it's difficult to book to Europe and also USA. But it's very strange. Okay, well, thank you for that. That's really that's really interesting insight. If if I could go to you, Mr. Buttery, uh, how, how do you see um, how do you see the future from your perspective at the moment? Huh. Uh... I think um, I think what everyone said so far is um, pretty apt. Um, telling by the Amazon boxes still being delivered at my house, demand is still pretty solid. Um, uh, it's not 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 mine, but um, the number of boxes with my wife's names on it uh, continue to pour into the front door. Um, we've had solid quarterly growth from uh, China, um, and GDP looks set to be. Um, uh, a positive, a nice positive to see this year. Um, we've had um, we've had a run of terrible years and unfortunate circumstances. Certainly for dry bulk, we've had uh, you know swine flu, record river flooding in the Mississippi. Uh, we've had COVID, trade wars. We've had Trump. Uh, uh, you know, there's there's been a huge amount that's unfortunately created setbacks for dry bulk. Um, at a time when we were hoping that things were going to look a bit rosier. Um, but of course, these things happening time after time only, we, we hope that it only delays new building orders and, uh, and um, slows down the supply of ships and creates a more rosy picture for us going forwards. When, uh, when the inflection point comes, if it comes, nobody really knows. But of course, we all expect 21 to be better than 20 and, and previous years. Um, I'm a buyer of ships right now, if I had to say something. But uh, like Mark said, I'm, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say we're going to be doing $20,000 a day on handies next year. Um, but, um, you know, we've got we've got um, an unusual amount of alignment in terms of variables required to create a good trading environment. Um, we've got very limited supply uh, of, of dry bulk ships. We've got a, a severe lack of funding, both in debt and equity in the markets, which is a good thing for those that already have ships. We've got good uh, Southeast Asia, good Chinese growth. Um, America looks, I hope, set up to be a bit more stable going forwards with Biden. Um, of course, shipping's been unlucky, and I hope it's the end of shipping's bad luck. But uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm quietly hopeful that 21 will be okay. 
But uh, demand looks, demand certainly for minor bulks and grains looks set to continue. You know, the world continues to grow, the world continues to eat, um, and basic infrastructure projects are still very much a big part of global trade, and that's what we carry on our smaller ships. So, um, you know, I, no, I'm I'm positive about next year. And, and Mark Williams, who's a, a an analyst I I follow, and uh, and like very much, is is uh, is also predicting a at some point in the in the future in the coming years some good trading environments um and he's also you know smartly pointed out the the issue or the the positive side of inflation on asset prices i do think that asset prices might take some time to come back we're coming out of a decade of poor shipping rates and a poor shipping environment there's a lot of negative sentiment out there there's a lot of people that have their have had their hands burnt uh, they're reluctant to pile back in, and that's going to slow down the recovery of values potentially. But that won't stop rates potentially recovering a bit from where they are now. I think Mark's absolutely right about the short-term demand. We're seeing an unusually high market right now for dry bulk, especially compared to the previous years. Um, you know, we're seeing handies fixing the nines and ten thousand dollars a day, and this time last year, I think we were fixing it less than half that. Um, Cargo flows for Q1, certainly on the minor bulks, look set to slow down. Um, and that's having its effect on the period market right now. Uh, but all that aside, you know, cautiously optimistic also, I'm afraid. Okay, that's, that's a fantastic review. Thank you very much. Um, so Mr. Mr. Ding in, in Hong Kong, um, can you share some of your perspectives? Obviously, you're, you're mainly focused on dry cargo, but also have a broader view in China merchants of shipping activities. How do you see the, the next few quarters and, and maybe beyond that? Uh, thank you, Nick. It's, uh, I'm very glad to, uh, to hear about uh, uh, the good point of view uh, from uh, Mr. Edward about the next year's uh, job uh, market. Uh, but from uh, my point of view is, uh, it's, uh, it's very hard to anticipate how broad and uh, profound the impact of the COVID-19 so far, uh, especially overlapping the influence of the international geopolitics as a Sino-American relationship and also this uh, transition of this uh, presidency of the uh, United States is very uh, difficult to see from this point. But, uh, uh, I'm thinking that it's the, that's the, the demand of the uh, global dry bulk market will pick up next year. Uh, at, at least uh, I think from uh, this year's low level. And we also see seeing that the turnover of the second hand market and the turnover of the tiny trading is uh, picking up already. Although the FFA is not changing so fast, so quick, but uh, we think that there's a good sign for people in the market, uh, they are uh, they seeing this market will will pick up the, uh, next year, and also for this uh, the major dry dry cargoes such as I know uh, coal and the greens, uh, we think that the green will be have, maybe have a, a brighter future in next year, but the annual uh, probably uh, not so so big uh, increase. And we also see this the RCEP uh, just signed, and we we think this uh, that will bring more opportunities 
for this uh, drive off markets, especially in the uh, in the Asia region. Yeah, that that's the regional cooperation agreement. That's right. It's yeah. just been signed, is it? Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm. And um, yeah. Okay. So, what about decarbonization in the energy transition from your perspective in in China merchants? Mm. Uh, you know, what are you what are you seeing in the future, and you know, the impact on decisions you'll be making with respect to investment? You know, future ship propulsion, for example. Are you in a hurry to, you know, order energy fuel ships, um, or are you waiting for something, you know, much more zero carbon? Frankly speaking, this uh, this topic only brings uncertainties, you know, to shipping industry and. Uh, and the owners will, uh, will hold back the new building plans so far, uh, maybe for the next few years until the technology pass uh, being clear and more uh, commercially feasible. Uh, but we also following up this, uh, uh, following up this LNG uh, fuel, or dual fuel vessels design and also the project in the, from different angles. Uh, but so far we, uh, we haven't ordered any new vessel of these okay. few uh, vessels. Okay, thank you. Um, Mr. Yang in, in, in Shanghai, um, Mr. Yang Jingjiang, uh, from your perspective as, an, as a player you know, across the supply chain, how, how is the decarbonization and energy transition agenda going to shape your planning? Well, <clears throat> it's a very good question, but very difficult to answer. You know, the IMO uh, organization announced to 2013 the community consumption will be 30, 40% lower than uh, 2018. And also Chinese government, Mr. Xi Jinping said, until 2016, China, the community consumption will be, how to say, he used a couple neutral. That means even. <clears throat> it's very, very difficult shipping company because <clears throat> we mostly can do nothing. You know, two years ago, when I tried to do something uh, to buy the new vessel, put a new order by using new energy, uh, for example, like LNG, but I cannot find supplier in Far East. Nobody can supply LNG for the ship at that time. But until today, I also cannot say who can supply in, in China or in Far East. So this is the problem. To use other kind of energy, I think also very difficult to make a decision. But I have to do something. We cannot, we cannot wait. So from uh, several years ago, we started to make new design for a small size vessel, very low consumption. For example, we are the first shipping company to introduce the sword ball. That kind of sword ball, uh, I think it's very interesting. Uh, the speed is about uh, 19 north, but the consumption can reduce by about 40% compared with the uh, 10 years ago's design. And also in operation side, we try to uh, minimize the port time to give more time for the ship's navigation. So in that way, we can reduce the consumption of the oil. 
So what we can do, I think, to try to make a new technique to lower down the consumption, to lower down the speed for the vessel, and try to load more and reduce the, the unit consumption. But anyway, I will try my best to introduce new technology into our fleet. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. Um, Mr. Ku, can, can, can I ask you, uh, in the tanker markets, you know, what, what perspective do you have on, on the energy transition to a future where maybe less oil will be needed? Well, I, I think, um, but I think right now, I mean, I, I think as, 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 uh, as Mr. Mr. Ding also, or Mr. Yang also mentioned, um, yes, I think this is the, the direction that we're heading, but I think there is still a lot of uncertainty. I mean, that I can show by the, the order book. I think people are just kind of like running around like mad chickens, you know, like you don't know which way to head. I mean, there is no absolute solution. I mean, we just know eventually we need to head towards the zero carbon emission. That's the ultimate goal. But right now at this point, I mean, there have been all these talk about the different fuels, but I think you don't, I mean, there isn't seem to be an absolute winner yet. So I think it's right now it's still kind of the wait and see stage. So I think in the meantime, obviously in the shorter period, People will still probably people will offer vessels um, that would be uh, have have engines that probably burn less oil. I um, mean, with uh, maybe with a uh, silhouette of the vessel to 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 serve that purpose, or maybe in the shorter run to go by slow steaming to achieve the short um, the twenty thirty uh, benchmark. Um, but I think you need to have um, a, a suitable product out there. Uh, in 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 a in a short enough period, so that us as consumers we can go for it, right? And then so I mean that then the transition will will happen, and then we'll I will we can have this talk again on the the the, the moving of the the uh, the oil. Whether then by then, then maybe we'll need to to move other type of products. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, well, you're you're edging into diversification there. Um, I mean, can, can any of you on the panel um, talk about diversification opportunities? You know, is that something uh, you're thinking about now or, or soon potentially, or you'd rather stick to your, your current sectors? I, I can answer that from my point of view. Um, I think it, it, it always comes down to whose, whose money it is you're investing and what they want to get out of it. Um, I've always been a fan of diversification. Uh, I think done correctly with the right capital structure, there is a place for it. But then again, the other the other side of the coin is, you know, I'm a handy super guy, um, and uh, anyone that says that they're an expert in all segments is, frankly, not being totally truthful. There are plenty of examples, however, of well-known ship owners who have done very well in multiple segments. It is possible. You have to have a strict approach and discipline towards how you invest and at what level you invest. You have to have the capacity to bail yourself out of difficult situations, which, which even when you buy cheap ships inevitably uh, arise. But um, uh, we spoke about this a little bit before in our practice session. I, you know, I think shipping for a long time has attracted capital 
that has very high hurdles in terms of income. Um, and if you diversify in shipping, you're spreading the risk and by definition, I suppose, reducing your potential to create a portfolio that hits those hurdles. If you match your assets or your invest investors cash with your assets uh, and those investors want uh, lower hurdles because they're a different type of investor, let's say a family office, a pension fund or insurance company, I think diversification is uh, an attractive way of reducing risk um, and improving your chances of creating a solid long-term dividend. Um, so so my, my answer is yes, diversification is a good thing, but it needs uh, real discipline and it needs to be matched to the right capital. Okay. I'm okay. That's, that's great. That. Yeah, go ahead. I, I, I was all I was going to say was for two. For, it, this is going to be controversial, especially given. Oh, let's have it. <laughs> but I'm going to say it anyway. I think personally, I think for too long, um, it's there's been too much pressure on guys running shipping companies to focus on a singular asset class, uh, and I think that pressure has come from the people who shouldn't be making those decisions. Uh, because it, it leads to increased risk, and and you know the guys running the show and are risking their, their, their management reputation and their personal equity. Um, and, uh, and, and, and given the pressure on certain investors and or let's say advisors to focus on specific segments, this has created additional volatility in, in our market and has affected the long-term reputation of us as ship managers. Uh, and, and I think the biggest job for the people on the panel here today and people at this conference for the next 10 years is going to be reshaping the reputation of ship managers as, as, um, as, a, as an industry and a job that where you can have stability, you can have long-term stable income, and it doesn't have to be quite so cyclical. I mean, it's always going to be cyclical to some extent, um, but it doesn't have to have the boom and bust reputation that it currently has. Um, so that's my piece. Well, that, well that, I mean, there's a number of things in there, concentration of risk, um, and the reputation of the industry. I, at, at China Merchants, Mr. Ding, you, you certainly haven't concentrated your risk. You're in, you're in many sectors. Um, what, what's your perspective from, you know, from your position in, in a big dry cargo sector of a big diversified shipping entity? Actually, you know, this uh, uh, China Merchants Group is... Uh, it's quite a diversified group, you know. So we have a lot of investment in the financial real estate and also shipping. Uh, although it's, uh, we are, the whole group is uh, building up from this shipping business from the 160 years ago, I think. So basically, uh, uh, from uh, from our our shipping uh, shipping sector, uh, as the, the China Merchant Energy Shipping, we are we think this the. Uh, uh, diversification is a, is a, is a very important thing because we are uh, we start from a dry bulk and we built up a, a, a tanker fleet and also invest uh, have investment in the in the LNG fleet and uh, and we think that uh, that's three key pillars uh, that uh, can guarantee a little bit uh, more uh, stable performance in the in the capital market. Knows, uh, especially you know we can see there's a good time in uh, this year uh, for the VLCC, but bad time for the drop off. 
maybe next year is a good time for the dropout and bad time for the VLCC. You know, this uh, we need to balance the balance the, the risk. You know. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. Super. And Mark Mark Young in in Shanghai. Yeah. Diversification um, not not on the cards. Actually, at least I think um, at the moment um, I don't have any diversification plan sit on my desk. I actually for quite a long time we try to build up our international cargo network, um, build up a satellite office, and try to do well in our sector. Um, we make some. We think there's still rooms for us to do on that front. Um, so at the moment, I, I don't think that is the right time, at least for AMP, or the right time for um, uh, for the asset side, um, or the, for the shipping cycle. That is the right time to get into some sectors which I don't think we we have enough uh, knowledge or have enough advantage. Um, um, so this this is my situation at the moment. Yeah. Thank you. And, and, and for you, in terms of access to capital, how, how do you see the landscape at the moment? Mr. Buttery raised, you know, the issue of the perception of the shipping industry and, you know, this, the, the dangers think, of concentrating risk. Um, I think, you know, on the capital side, um, the, you know, if you look at the equity side, right, I think there are still uh, very limited appetite um, I think everywhere in the world, um, the 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 pretty clear um, picture is um, in past ten years, uh, the returning on the shipping investment is very minimal. If you get into the right time and get out very shortly, and you know you probably can see the spotty opportunities, but with the cycles we had in the past 10 years, a lot of times you may not get into the right uh, market. You may not enter the market at the right time. So I think after 10 years of the difficult movement, the, the so-called market uh, equities are slowed down. This is how I see. But on the shipping finance side, I, 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 my feeling is um, we all talk about the Chinese capital leasing companies almost in every conference in the past at least five, six years. Um, my interpretation is they still have their appetite. They still need to find a good project. Although at least at this spot market, at this moment, there are probably very little a good project for the so-called traditional shipping finance or shipping leasing project. That's how I see it. Okay, thank you. And, and Mr. Yang, would, would you consider diversification out of your current focus on container shipping and logistics? Well, you know, doing container shipping business skill is very important. <laughs> Every shipping company, um, they think bigger, bigger and bigger. Bigger is better. It's easier to get support from clients. So that is why during last 10 years, almost uh, half of the container players disappear. But for SRTC, uh, well, it's very difficult uh, because our product is different. 
we are not a pure shipping company. I think we are a, a logistics supplier. So we are focusing on Asia and our clients mainly supply chain clients. So to meet our client's requirement, I think we have to focus on the shipping and the logistics, both uh, container shipping and also warehousing and uh, customer clearance. So to meet our client's requirement. So in future, I don't think SRTC will change our strategies. We'll keep as before. <laughs> Do you anticipate acquiring larger ships as part of that strategy? Uh, no, uh, you know, uh, ship is uh, important, but I think our clients don't need a big ship. They need a service. Well, mm. if they need big ship, I buy a big ship. But the new client said, if you have big ship, I give you more clients. If you have a big ship, I give you high price. No, nobody say that. Yes, okay. Um, and, and Wellington, uh, from your perspective, how, how do you, um, you know, how do you see the future for tankers, you know, into the, into the 2030s, maybe, um, you know, looking further ahead? Is that an unfair question? Um, I, you're just going well, back to the energy transition point. I, I think, you know, I mean, it's a very difficult question. I think basically anyone can have a 50% chance to get it right. But I think right now is just, as I mentioned earlier, um, you just need to, to have a, a short uh, um, time span when you, I mean, at the outlook, you need to have a shorter forecast rather than like, let's say 10 years from now. So I think you probably adjust, especially with this market situation. I mean, with, with the pandemic, with the regulations, probably you need to um, evaluate maybe year by year to have a, 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 a closer um, gauge on, on the situation. So um, I, I think in general, I remain positive um, on the tanker sector. I mean, and as I mentioned earlier, in a short period of time, I do see there is still the, the demand to, uh, for the tankers to, to move the cargoes around. And um, then I think even up to 2030, um, I think right now the, um, the, the, the low, I mean, the carbon emission benchmark, I think you can just uh, tackle it by, I mean, very basically, at least by slow steaming. So I think it's not like, uh, it's not like saying that it's not feasible, you cannot do it. But I think for, if you look ahead for 2050, I mean, the ultimate goal of zero carbon emission, then I think at this stage, I think hardly, there is hardly any solution for that. Yeah, no, it's not easy right now, is it? And mm -hmm. I guess that's, well, no, I think we know that's why a lot of people aren't ordering ships right now when otherwise they might have been piling in. I think unfortunately yeah, I, when, yeah. when, sorry, Sorry, I think basically, you know, when you pass a regulation, then, then we just need to, uh, we need to follow the regulation. We need to observe it. But, but I think also at the same time, um, the, the relative government officials also need to facilitate to make it happen at the same time. I mean, we are, we are all kind of at the receiving end. So, I mean, for whatever vessel is available in the market, then we purchase. 
no matter firsthand, I mean, brand new or secondhand. So you need to kind of facilitate to make such suitable um, vessels available. I mean, that can achieve that target. Then, then we can make the purchase. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you. Well, I think we're, we're getting to the end of our time now. Um, would any of you like to make any final comments before we close? No, I mean, I, that, that's been very interesting. I mean, thank you very much for, for taking part, for giving the time. Um, I, I'm sensing you know, overall cautious optimism to use your words, many of you. And as long as the world keeps spinning and people keep clicking you know, the buy button on the Amazon website, then the future looks, the future's looking bright, I think. And uh, <laughs> you know, shipping, shipping's gonna be a key element in making sure those little brown boxes um, get from you know, wherever they start to where they finish. Um, and of course, you know, dry cargo ships and oil tankers are vital for, you know, keeping us fed and warm and uh, providing the energy and resources that we need to survive. Um, but, but I was interested in, you know, what Edward was saying about sort of reputational issues of ship managers. Um, and, and I think there's a wider issue there in terms of the reputation industry that may be being played out in things like the issue with seafarers, which I know was a panel discussion earlier, which I look forward to catching up on at some point. Um, so certainly, you know, looking ahead, um, it's gonna be very interesting to see what happens to all your companies. Um, so thank you very much for your time today. And um, I hope you have good evenings uh, in Asia or in Stockholm, Edward. I've got my and, COVID uh, test doctor outside waiting for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're looking very well. I was call just now to Good say life. my doctor's here to do my COVID test. <laughs> should not miss that. That's very important. <laughs> I hope and I'm sure you'll be fine. Um, yeah, safe travels to all of you and you know, all the very best. Take Thanks care, very everyone. Much. Thank, you. Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's been very Thank you so much. Thanks. I hope next year we'll all be together in uh, Hong Kong uh, like it were last year. Yes. Let's as long as we've got universities like Oxford coming up with the, uh, you know, vaccines. I'm very proud to say that Oxford came up with a better vaccine. We you should you all be Oxford together. Graduate. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I was at Oxford University. The graduate part, not so much. Okay. <laughs> That's <laughs> <for another day. laughs> okay. Nicholas, thank you very Thanks much. Very thank you to Capital Link. Thank you, Thank you, Thank you. 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 Thank you.